Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. We are your hosts here. This is your first time with us. Welcome in. Clay, what a, a week to get this show going here. Jaguars dominated their division rival Colts to the tune of 24 to nothing. Pitched a shutout for the first time since 2018. The streak continues as the Colts lost their seventh straight contest to the Jaguars in Jacksonville. The home the hometown fans, they brought energy. So did the team. The Jaguars are now first place in the AFC South. How about it, Clay? Duval! No, I love it. I love it. A lot of it is uh, is what we talked about. We, we saw the, the things in the first game, the first week that we needed to see. And we were excited about this week because we thought they had a really good chance of putting together and having a good game. And they did. So if you go back and check out the receipts, I mean, they'll see that we were we were saying all this stuff really happened here today. So I love it. Let's go. First place, AFC South. Big game coming up next week, but we'll talk about this one first. The Colts at home and Duval Jags win. Such a great feeling for all the fans that have been with this team through thick and thin, uh, being able to dominate the Colts in Jacksonville. It's kind of like a yearly tradition at this point. <laughs> like to remind everyone to follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review if you enjoy the show. Clay, I wanted to ask you, what is your biggest takeaway from the Week 2 performance, Jaguars versus Colts? Biggest takeaway is, is I mean, offensive. this team's a complete team. Um, a lot of times you'll see maybe one position group carry a team, um, maybe – Offense carries the team. Defense carries the team. You got a good quarterback. You don't got the receivers. I think this this team's complete. Trevor Trevor Lawrence is playing well. I love his receivers. You don't got the big name flashy guys, but these guys can play some ball. Evan Ingram stepped up. You go to the defense. Josh Allen two sacks. Trayvon Walker three pressures, couple of hits. I love this team. I think they're a well-rounded team. And if they keep this going, keep improving, Doug Peterson gets them on the right path. I think this team has a really good shot to win the FC South. I love that. Um, so that is a big picture takeaway that this team is a complete team. Yes. And, um, I, you know, based on what we've seen so far, based on the talent, uh, the roster construction. I tend to agree with you that they are a more one of the more complete teams around. Of course, they're still young. They're still inexperienced. Still a long way to go. They've only played two games in a 17-game season. But yeah, they do look like a team that has a chance to have a really efficient offense throughout the season and a defense that can cause problems by, A, stopping the run. That's what they've done both weeks is stop the run. Uh, and B... Uh, get after the passer when you are able to stop the run because you put yourself in position to pin your ears back and put the other your opponent in in clear passing situations. My biggest takeaway is a little bit smaller. It's not that that uh, full team view here. I just want to talk about Christian Kirk. We talked about a little bit pre-show. He is a slot god right now. I mean, he's playing at a level out of the slot that I've never seen in Jacksonville. Obviously we've seen it around the league lately with guys like Cooper cup dominating from the slot. 
But I just think Christian Kirk and Doug Peterson and, of course, Trevor Lawrence throwing him the football, it looks like a match made in football heaven right now when you look at Doug Peterson's willingness and ability to move him around the formation, to motion him into the backfield, motion him out of the backfield, create mismatches, and just run route concepts around him that are able to get him open. You saw the four verts the other day and uh, just Christian Kirk coming underneath against a linebacker, clear space, one-on-one with a linebacker, no shot for that linebacker, uh, the way it's looked. And then you also had him running a halfback angle out of the backfield, scoring a touchdown on that. I just think this pairing between Christian Kirk and Doug Peterson and, and Trevor Lawrence is it's perfect. It's been amazing so far. Absolutely. Doug knows how to get guys into good matchup situations, and he's been doing a great job of getting Christian Kirk lined up against guys that can't cover him. I'm not saying a lot of guys can even cover him, but you get Christian Kirk on a linebacker, I mean, you could bet that that ball's going to him. Doug's been doing a great job, and you alluded to this. My Clay's keys before the game last week was they have to start stop the run. Michael Pittman Jr.'s out. Okay, what are the Colts going to do? They're going to try to run the football. The, the, the Jaguars gave up, what's the stat sheet say? I think they gave up 50 yards of, of rushing to, to the best running back in the NFL, hands down, 54 yards. I mean, yeah, that's he impressive. had 54 yards, and 21 of those came on one carry late in the game. So he had yeah. 12 carries for like – or not tw- – he had like eight carries for like 30 yards outside of that. Yeah. Absolutely. They did an amazing job of stopping the run. Jonathan Taylor, best running back in the league. That was my key coming in. They did a great job there. And that just shows you that Mike Caldwell, I mean, he's he knows what to do in these situations. Mike Caldwell can see when a team's going to try to run the ball, and he knows what to do to try to stop that. And it showed. Yeah, it certainly did. And I think, as you mentioned, the running game defensively has been on point. But the the pass rush really came alive in this one um, in a way that it did not in week one against the commanders. I think part of that is who you're playing, your opponent. Um, The Colts' right side of their offensive line has really struggled. Their left tackle, Matt Pryor, not one of the better left tackles in football, especially in pass pro. Um, I think you also just saw Mike Caldwell was running a lot of games and stunts and different things up front that he didn't really run as much in week one. So I'm curious if that was a matchup thing or or why you didn't see more of that against the commanders. Matchup thing. He didn't he didn't think he needed to do it against them. And how about Devin Lloyd? He had a hell of a game. I mean, six stops, uh, an interception and two pass breakups. To me, it sounds like a guy that can play in this league. I know he's a rookie. He didn't see much time in this in training camp. Devin Lloyd, big game. Obviously, he didn't have the two sacks, flash the two sacks like Josh Allen, quarterback pressures like like Trayvon Walker. But I I was impressed with the way uh, Devin Lloyd played played ball last week. What were your thoughts on Lloyd? Yeah, so Devin Lloyd, I, I'm I'm not sure if you know this, Clay, but I, I do a lot of draft work as well. Yeah. He was my number one linebacker in this class. He was my number 12 overall player in this class. And so when the when he was dropping down the board, it's something I had thought about quite a bit leading up to the draft because, you know, off-ball linebacker, devalued yeah. position in the NFL. I was like, if he falls, how far would he have to fall for a team to move yeah. up to get him? 
I didn't know the Jaguars would be that team after signing Koya <laughs> yeah. Lucan. But I was like, how how far is he going to have to fall for a team to be aggressive? Because he does have a unique skill set. Uh, you see his ability to stop the run. A lot of that comes from his ability to study and and know what is happening in front of him. But it's also his uh, his incredible range. He has really good explosiveness and length. And the explosiveness and length allows him to attempt tackles that a lot of people wouldn't even be able to get in range for. So his tackle yeah. radius, his range on the football field, as you saw his instincts and coverage. Um, of course, the interception was a gimme, right? Foley Fatu Kasi got his hands on that football and uh, made it a really easy pick for Devin Lloyd. But he made those yeah. other plays in coverage as well, like you mentioned. And so I'm really encouraged with him. I thought early on in week one, it looked like things were happening a little fast for him in coverage. But that's he what I saw down. too. Yeah. He, yeah, he settled down this week, and he settled down throughout week one as well. Um, and he's looking like a guy that you can rely on to be a playmaker and a consistent tackler for your defense, which is huge as a rookie. Huge. Um, huge. So now, Clay, what has been your biggest surprise with this Jaguars team through two weeks? My biggest surprise? I mean, that's a good question, but – Jordan, like when I go when I go to camp, I know Doug Peterson. I watch this team. I don't want to sound I don't want to sound like this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it. Like I'm not very I'm not really surprised right now. I, I think that this is the team that we saw. I think a lot of people weren't expecting it. I um I love the running game with James Robinson and ETN, Kirk. Ingram, Zay Jones making plays. He's making plays in camp. You saw Kirk making plays in camp. You saw Evan Ingram making plays in camp. Marvin Jones still out there. The guy's ageless on the defense. I mean, I don't think that there's anything that's really shocked me so far. As maybe last week I expected the O-line to be a little better. I think they stepped up and did a much better job this week of keeping Trevor upright and not having all that pressure in his face. So overall, I'm not too shocked by this. I think a lot of the NFL is, but me watching this team being played with Doug Peterson in my career for three years, seeing what he did in Philly, seeing what he did in Kansas City, knowing he comes from Andy Reid's tree. He's an offensive mind. He knows how to get these guys on matchups. I'm not shocked with the success of Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars beating the Super Bowl contending Indianapolis Colts at home and uh, with the offense being much more efficient than it was last year. So I'm, uh, I'm not too surprised by this, but, and I expect it to keep going. I will, I will be surprised if we'll talk about this later, obviously, if the Jaguars beat the San Diego chargers, the Los Angeles chargers now, right? Man, got to remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot <laughs> it when I was all playing. The time. Back in my day, we used to play against the San Diego Chargers. I sound like my grandpa right now. But, yes, no. the Los Angeles Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers anymore. Yeah. No, I, I that still gets me all the time. You know, the Washington stuff going on always gets me as well. Uh, so I'm totally there with you. The Raiders as well. Sometimes I accidentally drop an Oakland in there. Um, yeah. But we're doing our best out here. It's early in the morning. Um, 
Now, I will say, I think it, and this isn't my biggest surprise, but I think it is surprising that at one and one, the Jaguars are in sole possession of the AFC South right now. Yeah, like, that is so. Like you expected the Colts or Texans, one of them to beat each other. You didn't expect them to tie. Um, certainly you expected yeah. the Colts to win that game going into it, but you certainly didn't expect a tie. And then didn't really expect the Titans to lose to the Giants in week one. Obviously them losing to the Bills isn't a huge surprise, even though they kind of have had the Bills number uh, in recent years. But being one and one and and on top of the division by yourself, the only team that's won a game in the division, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we knew the South was going to be down this year, but did we think it would be this down? I think it's it's anybody's division at this point. And watching the Titans just get smacked by, I mean, by the Bills, obviously. And I think the Bills, they might be my Super Bowl favorite right now. I love the Chiefs. Andy Reid, my old coach, like I said. Um, Eagles look phenomenal. Tom Brady, it's hard to bet against him. But the Bills look, I know it's only two weeks. But they look good. Josh Allen is big. He can sling it. He can run. Stephon Diggs is just routing people up. The guy runs some of the best routes in the league. He might run the best routes in the NFL. The guy's incredible. Yeah. But they really outmatch the Titans. We just beat the Colts. I mean, this is this is big. This is big. And I think that uh, I think that the Jaguars. You know, obviously tough, tough game coming this week. But in my opinion, they're my favorite to win the division. Yeah, well, you know, they're they're in first place by themselves. When you look at what has transpired over the first two weeks, even though the Jaguars didn't win in week one, they looked like a competent football team that just kind yes. of beat themselves up a little bit with these mistakes. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if, you, if you've ever looked at DVOA over on Football Outsiders. Uh, it's kind of just like a way to contextualize statistics and kind of uh, they, they take into account your opponent, your game script, all, all these different things. And then they rank these teams and the Jaguars are number two in team DVOA behind only the Bills. No way. Right now. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I certainly didn't expect that. But what I was going to say for my my biggest surprise after two weeks it's how quickly the offense just looked right uh, against yeah. the commanders. Even when, when there was pressure happening, uh, when, when Trevor was missing a, a throw here or there, when a receiver was dropping a pass here or there, it still looked right. Like the offense still looked like it was well-designed, well-coached, and that they were just a hair off from making some of these plays that they, they didn't make in week one. Then they come out against a Colts defense who, you know, Gus Bradley, he's looking like a relic at this point uh, in terms of his cover three defense. But, and, and no disrespect to him. We know what he does. We know how yeah. you have to attack that defense. But they went out and did it, and it was a completely different defense than what they faced week one. Both weeks, they had the answers offensively. And for me, it's just like, I believed in Doug Peterson and Press Taylor and and Mike McCoy and Jim Bob Cooter and Trevor Lawrence. I just didn't think it would come out and look quite like that that quickly in terms of just how well run the offense is. Yeah, Doug did a phenomenal job. I mean, Shad, 
you got to give him credit. You know, after the debacle that, you know, that we had last year, I don't want to go there, but bringing in a guy like Doug Peterson and letting him bring in this whole staff. You got Press Taylor, Jim Bob Cooter, Mike McCoy, all former offensive coordinators. And then you got Doug Peterson, former offensive coordinator team. These are a lot of offensive minds that are coming together and know how to get these guys in mismatches. They know when they look at a defense, they have so much experience. There's nothing that that beats experience. You've been there. You've done it. These guys have – Doug's played. Mike McCoy used to play. Press played in college. They've experienced it as a player and a coach. So now you know how important that is to get these matchups and to get people open and, and how that works, your tight end, your slot. It's hard to guard a slot receiver. Sometimes you can you can use coverages a specific way and, you know, an X or a Z, and you can kind of try to take them out the, out the game. You saw what the Eagles did last night against Justin Jefferson. Big play Slay. Yeah, big play Slay had a great game. But for a slot guy, it's tough. You're going to move them into motion. You call a certain defense. You never know who's going to end up on them. You play zone get them on a linebacker. So these guys know how to do all that stuff and they're showing it right now. They're doing a great job. I'm really impressed with the way they're, they're running this offense. I love it. Yeah. This one's just off the cuff a little bit. Do you think having the best slot receiver or having the best X receiver, what would you rather have in the NFL right now? In every year, previous i mean it's a no-brainer you want a z or an x but right now with the emergence of these slot guys i mean you look at a guy like cooper cup changing the game i mean it's it's a conversation now everybody wants mm-hmm. that big game-breaking z or x but sometimes that dependable slot guy that can get open in the middle is just as important i think they're neck and neck now it always used to be the value for the big z or x is way up here Slot guys down here. Now I think it's it's a, it's a scale. If you got a guy that's really good at the slot, it's tough to guard. He can make plays just like the guy outside can. It's as a ZRX. So I think it's neck and neck right now. Yeah, and especially with some of these play callers like Doug, like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, your ability to move these players around the formation pre and post snap, it's really difficult for these defenses to deal with right now. Yeah, it is. It's tough for them. But, hey, it's good for us. <laughs> now, we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but how have your expectations changed since the start of this season for the Jaguars? I think they're, I think I expected the Jaguars to be good, but I didn't expect the South to look like this. So the fact that the South – looks like they do. It's given me an expectation that the Jags can actually win this division. I thought the Jaguars would have a good year, but I didn't think I said, hey, you know, I think they're maybe a year or two away from winning the division. Now I think they have a good shot to win this division. We just played what was supposed to be the best team in the division. I know they didn't have Michael Pittman Jr., but I think we imposed our will on them and they know when they come to Duval and Jacksonville, they're, they're not going to win this game. So now my expectations have improved and increased. And I think an expectation now is that the Jaguars are a contender and that they can go out and win this division. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, yeah, I would have guessed like 
my I predicted them to win seven games, and that was primarily because I believe they would struggle with the AFC West. And I still yeah. do believe they're going to struggle overall with the AFC West. You might be getting some luck this weekend, depending on on Justin Herbert's status with his ribs, um, but we'll see how that plays out. But yes, I agree with you. Looking at this division, I did not expect it to be this bad. I expected no. Matt Ryan to be somewhat of a stabilizing force, uh, more so than Carson Wentz was certainly for the Colts last year. Yeah. I did not expect them to tie with the Texans. That Texans. shocked me. Yeah, they were down twenty to three in that game. Unbelievable. Incredible. Um, and then I didn't expect the Titans to look. You know, they had a lead against the Giants. They should have won that game. They squandered it. And then they come out against the Bills, who they've had success against in recent years, and they get demolished. They look that looked like that looked like the Bills were pay, the Bills were a big university paying a small school to come play them. Is what that looked like. <laughs> it looked like the That's Titans it. got a fat stack for coming to Buffalo and playing that game. Honestly, it did. It did. It reminded me. I used to play FCS football. That's what it felt like, you know, we used to go play a big team and then we'd show up and get our butts kicked. And then um, next thing you know, we get on the plane and you don't feel bad about it because you got paid and you kept it keeps your program going. But this division does not look good. The Texans, Davis Mills, okay, um, nothing great. Obviously, the you Titans. You respect them at least because they are fighting. Like, yeah, they're a young team that is not super talented. I think they are well coached. They're out there fighting, um, but they're just not that good right now. Not that good at all. And I don't see them making a playoff run or making a push to win this division. I honestly don't see the Titans doing it either. The team that we just saw, the Colts, for me, are the only team that worries me. Maybe they, you know, they click. You get Pittman back, Jonathan Taylor running the football, got a solid defense. Okay. That's our competition. You saw what we just did to them. So in my opinion, I like where we're at. I like where the Jaguars are at right now. I think Doug Peterson keeps calling these plays like he's doing, has control of the entire game with this with this defense. Mike Caldwell's running, doing a great job. Devin Lloyd seems to be coming along. I mean, Trayvon Walker's getting better. Josh Allen's coming alive. I still want to get Arden Key doing a little bit more. He had a couple of nice pressures this week. But, hey, I think this is a great position for the Jaguars to be in. I think they're trending upward. I think they're going to continue to trend that direction. And uh, I think that, hey, they can win the South this year. Yeah, I think they can too. And at this point, at this point I think you're, you got to be close to calling them the favorite. I know people around Jacksonville might do that, but I'm talking like national media. How do you look at this division and rationalize any of these teams being better than the Jaguars right now? outside of the fact that the Titans and Texans have just owned the Jaguars over the past half decade plus outside of that. I mean, but look, Doug's doing things that you have not seen in Jacksonville. Yeah. And I, I tweeted this yesterday. When is the last time? And you've been in Jacksonville yeah. played under Gus Bradley. Yeah. When is the last time a Jaguars head coach was playing chess and not checkers? <laughs> I love Gus, but Gus didn't know anything about the offense. And honestly, Jed Fish was was our offensive coordinator, and he was just bad. Jed yeah. Fish was not a good offensive coordinator, and and 
you could tell by we had the 30-second ranked offense. I like Greg Olson, Ole, offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, they did a decent job, but they're not Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's an extremely talented guy that knows the game. He played the game. He learned directly under Andy Reid, was one of his lieutenants, his generals, um, going into the game. Doug knows what he's doing. Doug knows how to get these matchup problems. And Doug is a leader. He is likable. He's a leader. He commands respect. Guys, look at this guy. Hey, this guy played in the league for 10 years. He knows what we're going through. He, you want to play for him. He's got that Andy Reid aura about him. You know, he's about 100 pounds lighter, 50 pounds lighter. Love you, Big Red. Can lay off some of those cheeseburgers sometimes. The Big Red loves the cheeseburgers over there in Kansas City. That's my guy, Coach Trash. Hard to blame him, right? Yeah, but but hey, Doug is a great. He's a great coach, and he's only going to get better as he gets more used to this team. I think he's done a great job so far. I expect him to keep trending up. Yeah, we talked a little bit about your playing days. Obviously, a former tight end. That was your primary position, except for when you were playing for Chip Kelly. But <laughs> yep. I wanted to just get your thoughts on the tight end play this week. You know, Evan Ingram was one of the big, um, big offensive targets this week for the Jaguars. Absolutely. I, I want to formally take this moment to apologize to Evan Ingram. I haven't been the biggest fan of him so far. I thought he's been a little inconsistent, but he showed up last week. And I hope he's here to stay. But Evan Ingram, what a game. He had seven catches on eight targets. He got some key third downs, some key catches. If he can come alive and keep doing this, along with these receivers and these running backs, this team, it just opens up another avenue for him. There's not enough defenders to stop these guys. If Evan Ingram turns into the matchup problem that he's capable of being, the reason he was a first-round draft pick, runs a 4-4-40, uh, 38 inch vertical jump over a 10 foot broad jump explosive guy if he can catch the ball run solid crisp routes and be consistent it opens up a whole other avenue for this team you see that doug peterson used to coach the philadelphia eagles you ever heard of any of the philadelphia eagles old tight ends zach Ertz, one of the best best tight ends in the league leading the, the league in receiving yards for tight end when he was with philly and doug peterson Evan ingram in a perfect situation if he can pick this thing up and keep it going along with Christian Kirk, you can't put you can't put too much of an emphasis on Evan Ingram because you got Christian Kirk right here in the spot. You got Zay Jones, speedy Zay, Zay Jones, catch everything thrown at him, and Marvin Jones is still playing well. Then if you put any emphasis on those guys, you got James Robinson running the ball directly at you. You got tra uh, Travis Etienne running the ball outside and catching the ball to the backfield. This offense is set up. You keep these guys healthy. Evan Ingram keeps playing like he does. I love it. And I also saw that Evan Ingram was putting in some really good effort in the, in the run, in the run game too. That's something as an old school tight end that I like to see. I don't want to see the, the pretty guy running around, just catching the football. It's not trying to block nobody. That's not how you play tight end. Evan Ingram was doing both things. Big ups to Evan Ingram. I like it. Yeah. It was so impressive and kind of surprising. Like, I expected them to use him to attack the seams in this offense. I thought that's what – in this one, they were kind of using him on just a lot of underneath stuff, yeah. chain-moving stuff, you know, keep yeah. offensive drives going. Um, and I thought his play um, – I think it was the first third down that he picked up. He was one-on-one -on -one with Stephon Gilmore in coverage, 
and he ran a great route, presented a target, and uh, used his athleticism to get open, which you expect him playing against Stephon Gilmore. Maybe you're using your size to get open and be able to make a catch like that. And then he was able to use his physicality to break the tackle and fight for extra yards. And I just thought that was so impressive. Of course, we know what Evan Ingram has struggled with throughout his career. It's consistency. But yeah. in this one contest, and, and so far, um, he has looked the part for the Jaguars offense. And you mentioned it. Doug Peterson has had so much success success with tight ends. It should come as no surprise that he had success with Zach Ertz, with Travis Kelsey, right? These guys are uber talented. Dallas Goddard. But he also gets the most out of guys like Trey Burton, who, who he went and got a big contract with or yeah. got a big contract for after his year in Philly. So yeah, I think Burton maybe Evan Ingram deal. is more in that type of situation where he's not the, he's not the, of course, first round pedigree for Evan Ingram, but his career has proven to not be one of these elite tight ends in the NFL, more of a Trey Burton guy that might move around a little bit, but Doug can get the most out of that type of guy. Cause he has the athleticism and he has the work ethic to, to keep improving in, in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you think like at first I was worried about, okay, why is Doug doing using all these tight end packages? You know, you're putting Dan Arnold in, in on this package. You're putting Luke Farrell in on this package. You're putting Chris Manhurts in on this package. I was never a fan of that. But the way he's doing it, I've come around to, it seems like there's a lot, there's rhyme and reason here. Some of these packages, these groupings, when I see these teams running them with these different tight ends, I'll go, oh, you're doing too much. You're creating tendencies. These guys can't get into the flow of the game. I think Doug's doing a good job. Evan Ingram's in there when he needs to be in there. And Doug has experience with this, like you just alluded to. You know, he had uh, Trey he had Trey Burton. He had Zach Ertz. He had Brent Selleck out in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And he used all those guys, and all those guys were successful. So Doug knows what he's doing. He knows how to get these guys in good situations, and he knows how to keep them involved in the game. So – coming around and looking at the tight end group, the unit, the production, I'm happy. As a former Jaguars tight end, I think these guys are doing a good job. I think Manhurts is doing a good job of blocking. I really like him. I think the other guys are, are doing their roles. You know, Farrell and Arnold, you're not going to see a lot of them in the stat sheet this year, I'm afraid. I think that's going to be mostly Evan Ingram. But uh, so far, I like what I'm seeing from this tight end unit. Yeah, me too. Did you ever play with Richard Angulo, the Jaguars tight ends coach? I never did. I was with Ron Middleton. He's now with the New York Jets and Robert Sala, who both uh, they they both coach for the Jaguars. Sala. And, oh uh, yeah, I'm it. looking at his career now. He was he was a player from 03 to 2010, so he was getting out right when you were getting in. Yeah, but uh, I, I really like him too. I think he brings a very workmanlike attitude to that tight end room. Just hard work. Uh, he's also, I think he coached O-line as well for the Ravens, assistant offensive line coach at some point. So I think he's a really tough-nosed tight ends coach, and I think that's showing with the way those guys are playing. Um, looking back at the keys to victory we had going into this, when we talked about having to stop Jonathan Taylor, and, and you know, if he gets four or five yards here or there, whatever, you can't let the explosives beat you is what we were talking about. And they didn't. Um, they swarmed to the football. They were gap sound, assignment sound up front. You had your linebackers, your defensive backs, everyone getting in on the party, tackling Jonathan Taylor. 
And it's just so crazy to see what he was able to do a week prior, uh, running all over the Texans. And and um, that's a tough nose defense. You have Lovey Smith as your head coach. He's the defensive coordinator as well. Uh, I know the talent might not be where it needs to be, but to see him do that a week prior to coming to Jacksonville and to see what the Jaguars did against him, it's really in- incredible to me. Yeah, they did a great job. And obviously, I think we, we talked about the way that the um, with the linebackers and and everybody played. My, so my key keys victory I talked about was, yo, you got to stop the run. They're going to try to run this ball down your down your throat. And the Jaguars did a great job of stopping them. Let me pull up some of these numbers here. You got Devin Lloyd with six tackles. Aluka Lund, you know, four tackles. Griffin Robertson. And I think, you know, Fata, Fatakusi. Is, how do you say it? Fatakasi? Fatukasi. It's a tough Fatukasi. one to get down. It's a tough yeah. one. Fadukasi, I mean, he had a big game plugging up some holes and some gaps in there. So I really like this run defense, and they did a lot of work on that. That was a big thing for them this year. You know, we have to stop the run. So I like the fact that they're able to, to, to stop the run against the best running game in the league. So for me, that's huge. And they forced uh, – I think Matt Ryan had his worst game in, like, five years or something it was uh i'll pull i'll find the stat later and we'll talk about it but i mean he was barely 50 percent. yeah he threw three interceptions no touchdowns his qbr was 6.2 well that's not good (laughs) that's not good at all matt i don't don't think yeah that's not gonna cut it so just imposing your will i mean it's not only that you stopped the run you forced them to not be able to run to not even have that as an option in the playbook yeah really crazy stuff um really impressive by mike caldwell and the entire defensive staff and all the players there great performance um and you look at the offensive line that was one of the keys too right the left side to the center playing a little bit better than they did in week one was a key you had to get them protecting trevor lawrence at a higher level and they did. And Trevor Lawrence got the football out quicker as well. I thought his pocket presence and his internal clock, his timing improved from week one to week two. And so did his pass protectors there. Cam Robinson at left tackle, Barch, Fortner. I thought they all played better. They were not perfect, but they played a lot better. And that was still a talented defensive front for the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought he was he was just real efficient. What do you only have? Five incompletions and yeah. And a couple of those could have been caught. So, I mean, he Oh, yeah, that Jamal really... Agnew one, goodness. The one that, that would have been a that, touchdown. That goes as an incompletion playbook. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. He drops in a perfect pass in this guy's hands. That should have been a touchdown. And, you know, obviously it'll happen here and there, but you got to make that play. But I think his efficiency – what was so impressive to me and just the way he was so poised out there the whole game. I loved it. Yeah, me too. Now we're going to play a little fact fact or fiction to round out the show here. This first one that we, that we're going to tackle, we've kind of tackled it already, but we're going to, we're going to say fact or fiction here for it. The Jaguars are the best team in the AFC South fact or fiction. Fact. Absolutely. Yeah. They just beat they just beat the supposed best team in the NFC South. So in my opinion, if you beat them and you beat them 24 to nothing, when was the last time? Did we check the stats the last time the Jaguars had a had a shutout? 
It was in 2018 against the Colts. The Colts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you beat a team 24 to nothing. It's hard for me to say, okay, yeah, you, you, they were just better on that day. No, that team. Oh. You are better than the other team. 24 to nothing. They didn't score. You score 24. You're the you're the better team. They're supposed to be the best team in the South, and we just beat them like that. We're the best team in the South. Yeah, there was nothing fluky about it. Uh, you obviously know Michael Pittman Jr. and know Shaquille Leonard is a big deal, but two players are not changing the outcome of that game. No. The Jaguars dominated from start to finish. Yeah. Maybe it's a little closer if you have those two guys, but uh, I, I don't know how Shaquille Leonard is helping you stop Christian Kirk from the slot. I don't know how he is helping you um, – slow down Evan Ingram, who who was being covered by defensive backs, not linebackers. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it makes that big of a difference getting those two back. Maybe it does. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I also have that as a fact. Right now, they are the best team in the division. One thing though, this is a long season. There's 15 games left. There's a lot of things that can happen. Do teams start getting a book on what the Jaguars are trying to do on either side of the ball? course they're going to try to to scheme around what the Jaguars are doing and I think Brandon Staley who they've got coming up is a very good schemer I think Jonathan Gannon in Philly another really good defensive coordinator calling some good stuff right now so uh, that's going to be something to monitor obviously the I word can pop up you don't want to worry about that but the Jaguars have been really lucky with with their health so far you have one or two things happen that can really impact a team so yes the Jaguars are the best team in the division right now I think they should be the favorites to win it but a lot can happen I just want to caution people with that it's still only week two going mm-hmm. into week mm-hmm. three exactly all right factor fiction Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the AFC South you know what I'm gonna have to go with another fact I think obviously the only the only guy that can say that they're better than, than Trevor Lawrence at this point was Matt Ryan. And once again, we just saw Trevor Lawrence head to head 25 of 30. He should have been about 27 to 30, two touchdowns should have been three with a 121.5 rating and a 95 QBR. Right. And then you go over to Matt Ryan, 16 to 30, 195 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, 34 rating and that six QBR that you were talking about. That's all I need to say. People, oh, you just had an off night. That's not an off day. I'm, and to me, you're going head to head. Who's the better player? Maybe it's close. This wasn't even close. I think Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback. He has the better offensive coordinator. I think he's got some great weapons. I think he's the better quarterback. Yeah, I do too. <clears throat> And uh, I know some people might look at Ryan Tannehill and make an argument there. No, absolutely not. Um, You know, Tennessee's kind of just been staying status quo at that quarterback position, despite kind of knowing that he's not going to be the guy to get you a Super Bowl. Um, And now it looks like he might not even be the guy to get you into the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the AFC South. I I have no doubt about that in my mind. And that's not 
next year. That's right now. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the AFC South, and that's awesome to to be able to say that and feel confident in that after the debacle that we all saw last year. Yeah. Now, final fact or fiction? Looking ahead a little bit here to Week Three, the Jaguars will beat the Chargers if Justin Herbert does not play. Fact or fiction? I like the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a good team, and I like Justin Herbert. Obviously, he's got the, you know, the rib problem there. Um, well, what was the actual diagnosis there? I believe it's rib cartilage. It is not a fractured rib, it's which not a is fractured rib. Better yeah. case scenario for them, um, for for Justin's health. Uh, he's still day to day, so we'll see how it plays out here. But me, as an old school player, football guy. I want to play him. I want to play Justin Herbert. I want to see how we do against this guy. I think the Jaguars just shut out the, the the Colts, who have the best running game in the league. Matt Ryan is a veteran quarterback. Bring on Justin Herbert. I'm ready for this challenge. My team's looking good. My rookies are, are getting some more experience. They're playing confident. My offense, Trevor Lawrence. I want to see Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. I think J- Trevor Lawrence can hold his own against Justin Herbert. I think Trevor Lawrence is on that level. So for me, I would love to see Justin Herbert play. I think they could win the game either way. I'm not saying they'd be the favorite if Justin Herbert plays. But without Justin Herbert, I expect the Jaguars to win this game. I think they will. With Justin Herbert, I think it'll be a great game. I think they still could win. I think, you know, the money's on Justin Herbert. He's been around a little bit longer. He's got a little more experience. But I think without Justin Herbert, the Jaguars are my favorite to win. Yeah, I agree with that. I would stamp that with the fact as well. Um, I do think with Justin Herbert, I agree that it could be a good game. I think both teams are well coached. Both teams have talent. I think the Chargers defense certainly presents some challenges here, right? Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. uh, You got obviously Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, and a whole lot of other talented guys. And Brandon Staley. James, yeah. Yeah, Brandon Staley is a big-time defensive coordinator when he has the right pieces. I think they're trending towards having the right pieces there uh, after kind of struggling on the defense last year for the Chargers. But I agree it would be a good game either way. I think Doug Peterson's presence, the calming presence, uh, is going to allow this team to kind of keep their head in situations where they might not have in years past. And... um, I do think it's interesting. Doug decided that they're going to travel on Saturday and they're just going to try to keep themselves on East Coast time. Uh, realistically, just get there Saturday evening, you know, keep on the same schedule as you would if you were on the East Coast, play your game, get out of there. It's a business trip. What do you think about that as a former player? Hey, man, I'm not I'm not going to question Doug at this point. He's got the keys. But I like the West Coast trips, getting there a day early. It gave you an opportunity to really you know, acclimate yourself to the, to the city. You get to go walk through the stadium. You go through your practice there. I like that. But I think it, it keeps you more focused if you do travel later. It doesn't give the guys time to go out and maybe get, get in a little trouble in a, you know, another city over there in L.A. So I see – I think I know what Doug's doing here. So – I like it. You know, keep everybody focused. That's good. Good thought by him. And he said he had talked to some, I guess, experts about 
you know, the way sleep and travel and all that gets affected. And they, they think that just going out there and being there for as short a time as possible is the way to do it. We're going to see how that plays out, but I think Doug will have the, the players ready either way um, to play a competitive football game. We're going to see if Justin Herbert's healthy or not. We're going to monitor that throughout the week. We'll be back later this week to really dive into that game a little bit more and preview that game. Um, but yeah, uh, any closing thoughts for you here, Clay? Love the win. We both predicted it. I love it. And um, my closing thought closing thought is this. <laughs> I love it, Clay. Uh, really excited to be doing this show with you again. This is our second episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. You can find us on your podcast platform of choice. And you can also find us on the Gin Jag YouTube page if you're wanting to watch the video. So that's where to find us. Follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. And have a great Tuesday, Duval. Enjoy this win. Just because the team has to move on after 24 hours doesn't mean the fans do, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You guys just soak this one in until at least like Thursday or Friday and start thinking about the Chargers. Yep. And we'll be there to get you ready for it later this week. Have a great one, Duval. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.